Jason, today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall Podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Did you know? Do we know? Budget Blinds is your home for enlightened style shades. I did know that, but I think we are clear to make sure that everybody who listens to this podcast does know that we continue to hail our robot shade overlords. This is true. They have been our benevolent benefactors. Since the beginning, I think. Since the beginning. And not only that, but they are just good folk running a good business right in our hometown. So if you are out there looking for something to update your home, update the look of your home, the technology of your home, you can have the open and close and deal with the shades from your phone, deal with all those sorts of things, make your home more energy efficient, safer, better looking, all of those things. Nick, who are we going to call? You're going to call our good friends, Budget Blinds of Lee Summit, located right in the heart of our town, right in downtown Lee Summit. Tell them Jason Nick sent you. Jason, this podcast is also brought to the people by Ask Kathy of Keller Williams Realty, another local shop helping people in our community. Absolutely. They have been around for as of twenty twenty celebrate two twenty years. There should be champagne popping. We should have a sound effect of champagne popping. Have you been asking Kathy for twenty years? I haven't. I haven't known Kathy that long, so I can't say as I have. But I have asked Kathy. Kathy and I have uh, we've known each other for quite a good stretch of time. She's been part of you know Lee Summit's fabric for those twenty years, and she's doing good stuff for the people. Last year, over twenty three hundred families helped. Also, Jason. You want to sell your house? You know what these people do? They get you your money. They get you money. They get you over They sold homes for 104% of asking price, and they do it quickly. It was an average of five days. Absolutely. So if you are looking to get your home moved, or if you're looking to buy a home in this, I want to say call it, I think we can safely call it a challenging buyer's market at this (laughs) point, you're going to call Ask Kathy, Keller Williams Realty, right here in the heart of downtown Lee Summit. Hello again and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury and as always I'm joined by a man who is building a shrine to his new baseball deity, Bobby Wood Jr. is Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. That's true. It's going to be ready to go tomorrow. You want to know why? Why is that? Tomorrow is opening day. There it is. I wanted to be mad at baseball. Uh Uh-huh. After you know the lockout and all the stupid things that people said on both sides, I wanted to be mad, but I can't. I love baseball. I'm ready. Tomorrow's opening day. If you need me, I won't be anywhere. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I still can't watch that baseball, local baseball, on my television. So we're that's a thing we have to. You, work you're through. still being ballied. I am being ballied. It is not great. So linked to Lee Summit is the source for all the news you need about our very fine city and our unofficial sponsor today, our emotional support tacos, because it's election result day. And people are going to have feelings. Well, and look, tacos make everything it, That's better. true. You will and feel look, better. I'm not saying that it makes it better because of results. Because, you know, look, results are results, right? That's why we watch. But this was a weird election cycle. It was a stressful one. We're all tired. We're all tired. And you know what gives me energy? Tacos. tacos. There it is. So there it is. You can have celebration tacos. You can have uh, eat your feelings tacos. You can have just like... Oh, God, I'm finally over tacos. It doesn't matter. You will feel better after eating those tacos. Really, these tacos are twofold. Oh, God, it's finally over. And, well, maybe we'll have some fun stuff to talk about. Aren't tacos really just one fold? 
<laughs> Man, you know, I, I'm getting a, a new a new toy for the studio. Yeah. So maybe I'll have a laugh track for your jokes. Okay. Well, why? Because <laughs> that would be the first laugh. So my jokes. Well, exactly. Get I feel I ever. feel like after five years, somebody needs to laugh at your jokes. Somebody needs to laugh at my jokes. <laughs> Nick, what is going on in the city? Well, Jason, before we get to the election results, which I look, this is going to be fun for us to roll through and talk about what we learned and, and stuff. And and the biggest thing we're going to talk about is that I think there's you know there's going to be a different look and feel to the elected bodies. Based on based on these results, before we get there, I just have one other quick note. I want to let everybody know a special fundraiser event is coming up in our community next Thursday. Let's all raise a little money for Lee Summit Social Services. Dire Oil Graphics and the Goat Brewing have teamed up for a trivia night fundraiser. Starts at six thirty next Thursday at Lee Summit's newest brewery, the Goat. Tickets are twenty dollars per person, and like I said, that fun starts at six thirty p.m. Uh, stay tuned. I've heard a rumor. The event page on Facebook will be going up today. All right. Maybe we'll pay, tomorrow. We will pay attention for such a thing. Jason. We can't put it off any longer. We can no longer put it off. Get your tacos ready. Election day has finally come and gone. Let's all be thankful for the gone part. Let's be thankful for the gone part. Because really, we don't need to hear the bad rhetoric anymore. Now it's time to get to the business of our community. I am, for one, I'm sort of excited because with new like council members and new school board members means new dumb stuff gets said at the thing, and that just gives <laughs> us material, so it's fantastic. Well, really, all of you, all of you newcomers, <laughs> let's start working on your material. Give us stuff to talk about. Like, you know, honestly, Jason, the last few years of, of both city council, our board of education, I mean, for us, they've been rather mundane. It's true, and I mean, I'm sure some of this we is like suppressed. We like trauma. Wait, this is we don't like COVID. it, but why not? But it makes for good. You know, it's bad for the city, but it's great content. <laughs> it's great content for us. <laughs> so, if somebody wants to do something crazy, we got your back. Uh, okay, are you ready? Let's start running through some of these results, and then we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, Jason, let's we'll start with the the race for municipal judge. Dana Altieri will keep her seat as one of the two judges in Lee Summit. That's true. The uh, the half cent sales tax passed um, by a, a a safe margin, I guess, but not as big as I had anticipated. But we do apparently want to put money into the uh, hiring and and equipping of our first responders. So uh, those of you who are in favor of that should be happy. And the uh, we'll look at the mayor's race. Mayor Bill Baird will retain his seat, and that means that now after eight years on city council. Diane Forte will be moving off of council and onto whatever her next role in the community. I'm gonna, uh, Jason. I'm gonna predict this. You're probably going to see Diane around town still. Yeah, she's not gonna like dis- detach from Lee Summit just because she lost the no, election. No, she uh, she likes to be involved in things, so we're gonna still see her around. But Bill Baird will remain our mayor in this community. Big changes. Big changes coming on city council. Like like we mentioned, Diane Forte will be moving off of council. Also moving off of council based on term limits is Trish Carlisle will be will be moving out. And Jason, for the first time in forty plus years, Bob Johnson will not be an elected official. Well, that's not true. He had a couple of years in the couple middle. Off time. Couple off times in that whole process. But I will say this: Bob has been on the city council. Um, in one form or another, off and on for quite a long stretch now, um, and he won't be. So this is essentially three brand new faces 
will be on there. Bob lost his election, so to uh, Faith Hodges, the uh, uh, challenger who won in District 4. John Lovell uh, won the election in District 2, and Mia Pryor won in District 1. So those are three new faces that are coming onto the council. The one council member who has been reelected out of this process is District 3's Beto Lopez. He won uh, by a two-to-one margin in his district. So we will see new faces. It's going to be interesting. We're going to talk a little bit about city council going forward here in in a, in a second, but I think we're gonna we're gonna have a, a different look to to our city council, and we'll also have two new faces on the board of education. Jennifer Foley and Heather Eslick both won by pretty wide margins those those two seats for for the board of education. So that's going to add a little different look. That is gonna it's gonna change that a little bit, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. I want to know. So we're going to move on to what have we learned? And I think the first thing we've learned is the true power of my time as the planning commission chair. <laughs> so with the re-election of Beto Lopez and the election of John Lovell, there are now three of the eight members of city council, excluding the mayor, who served with me on the planning commission while I was the chair of the planning commission. So what that means is. Inadvertently and without any effort on my part, let me be clear, this is not a plan or an effort in any way, I now have some, like, I have influence into the being elected of three, of 37% of the city So they ran away from you. They ran away. And successfully did something else. They wanted to be off of the planning commission so bad that they got on city council. It took a much worse job. I don't know whether I want to give you any credit for that. I don't get any credit no, for that. You, I just you, wanted to note that, that, that this makes three. And, uh, and hey, guys, I just want you to know, Beto and John, and I'm still Fred, just because you came from a place where I'm still going to criticize you every <laughs> opportunity I get. So it's coming. Let's, uh, let, Jason, let's, first let's look at what we always look at. Like what we actually learned, you mean? Well, we'll <laughs> what we learned is uh, we had a slightly better than normal turn out okay still atrocious but still incredibly low um 14.6 percent was the overall for jackson county right um running running the math locally is about the same number within at least within the margin of error right and look i i think there was there was a lot of community talk and activity which is why there's a slight bump from from normal and what's what is an off election right but we say this over and over every year. We've got to find more ways to get more people involved and more people willing to go hit the polls. Is this wait? Does that mean I get to go on my forty-five minute rant about election reform? No. Okay. No, we're not going. We're not going to do that. But look, I think I think everybody who follows along, who listens to us, who 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 goes to the to meetings and tries to be a part of it. Look, we got to figure out a way to convince more of our neighbors, more of our friends, more of our business partners in town to show up and be a part of the process because just under 15% turnout, that ain't good, folks. No, it's not. We need more it's, people involved. It's like better than it has been or better than it sometimes has been and still way, way, way short of an acceptable number. There we go. Jason, let's really go into what we learned. And I think there are a couple of things that right off the bat I want to talk about. The, the first are... What works if you are running for office? And I think we, we've got two things that are really coming out here. One, your ground game. Knocking on doors still matters. That's still an important, important thing. The other one is the role of endorsements. And Jason, local groups and specifically political action committees have played a role in our community for a while now. This is, this is nothing new. But I think what is different is 
when there's really only one political action committee out there. Well, two, but really speaking with one voice. Right, speaking with one voice. There's one group that that's putting money and vocal efforts behind it. That can help sway a vote. And Jason, I, I, I'm talking about the local police and fire unions who backed candidates for 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 city council and mayor who also backed the safe public safety sales tax issue. Everything they put their efforts behind won. It's true. They batted a thousand, which is better than your new baseball god Bobby Witt Jr. is going to do. That's not true. Well, he's going to make at least one out this he year. He will not. Okay, he is going to get a hit. Every time he steps to the Every plate. time he steps to the plate. So, what this is, and, and this is, by the way, we want to make sure everyone's very clear here. This is not a complaint about the influence of the firefighters or the police officers. That That's what politics is for. It's a way for those organizations, those unions, those groups of people to get together and make their voice heard in the community, and that's great. Several years ago, we had a little bit more, you know, three years ago and two years ago, we had a little bit more influence from the from a different political action committee, which was notably inactive this go around. And and some other, you know, and others have kind of come and gone in the whole process. And we haven't seen we didn't see any countervailing voices um, on the issues that matter to the community where that might have an influence on the election or or somewhat neutralize influence or whatever the case may be. And that's something I think maybe we need to look at. And But there may not have been issues this time. I mean, the only other group that was, you know, potentially active was the Lee Summit Republican organization. And they really didn't do a lot except for, like, a push right at the back end of the election to do that. Right. And if, and, and, and if you compare, like, money spent, they, they didn't come near the right. money spent from from the unions, and and, and again, I think I think you're right to point out that these these are not complaints. It's just an interesting way to note how it works. If you compare this election to say, well, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, say four years ago, when we had we had the unions involved as well as Foundations for Our Future, which, like you said, was notably not active this election cycle, they basically both got half of what they were pushing. Right. And so now when you have pretty much one group being the only one who's really pushing influence, they got their way they really got their way through. And so I think that's just interesting to note. The the other part that I think goes hand in hand with that is candidate alliances. Grouping yourselves together with a candidate that is of similar ilk, right? makes a difference i think we saw that kind of success we saw it. i think we saw it on both fronts this year. Uh, right and so i you know if if you look at on the school board side jennifer foley and heather eslick clearly ran together they they merged their their ideas and their messaging and they they were at a lot of events together that worked and and look two of the school board uh candidates that didn't win that finished se- uh, third and 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 fifth, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Anderson and M- Melissa Kelly Foxhoven, they kind of paired up together, but it was really late in the race, but it did make a difference. Right. And so I would say, you know, look, I an- I would anticipate that you will see more of this kind of, and now this is an over uh, ticket running like that, where they you have alliances of, of candidates who are running together for these seats. Next year, remember, the school board will have three seats available. 
um, which will be a pretty significant change. Um, we don't know, of course, of what incumbents will be running for re-election or any of those sorts of things at this point. But I would anticipate that you're going to see more of this <clears throat> alliances being formed between candidates going forward at the school board level. And the only other place we really saw that at you know elsewhere in the in these elections was city council where Beto Lopez and Bill Baird ran well I guess I would say this Bill Baird ran a citywide mayoral campaign and Beto Lopez ran a campaign where he aligned himself with the mayor a great deal during that now to be fair he has aligned himself with the mayor a great deal during the last four years and so it, it only made sense but that did obviously lead to what I would say is the biggest blowout of any of the city council elections that we had this year as well. The other, the other thing I brought, I brought up earlier that I think is worth mentioning again is, is to talk about the ground game. The, look, in local politics, there is really nothing better than hitting the streets and knocking on doors. And, and, I, and I really, I'm, I'm going to put out and say that that is probably the biggest difference of what happened in District 4 where a clear newcomer to the, to the political conversation, Faith Hodges, unseated somebody who has been a part of local politics for a long long time and a consistent voice and and honestly he's been in in, in those conversations and in office for a long time because he's been popular in this community so i think what we saw was somebody who went out into the community knocked on doors got her her face and her name and her message out there and that played a big role i think we saw that in district one as well yes i think you're right so and you know and once again you know you have to calculate all of these things with the endorsements, with the other bits and pieces that come with that. But that stuff really does matter, especially, you know, you remember four years ago, Beto won, he won his election by four votes. This time he won his election by a thousand votes. So these things matter like in the aggregate uh, as we work through that, but these elections can still be really, really, really close. So if you are thinking in the future of running for office, buy yourself some new walking shoes. Buy yourself new walking shoes. Maybe get yourself aligned with some of the uh, endorsing entities out there who will put some money behind it. And I think really the most important thing we're going to learn from this is y you need to get yourself a rap video. <laughs> That's true. I mean, look, the Yo. candidate, the school board candidate, Jennifer Foley, they got the most votes. Any of the school board candidates was the only one that put a rap video out. I don't think I need to say anything else. Can't argue with that. All right. Jason. What does all this mean going forward? We know who won. We know who the new faces are. We know the the personality changes that are coming to, to City Hall, that are coming to Stansbury Leadership Center. What does this mean? And let's let's start let's start with with, with city council. We're not gonna really talk about the, the, the mayor aspect of that the, yet. I would say this the mayor that won't change much. That's not gonna change. Because he's the mayor. Because he's the mayor. What does um you know but what what is this what does this look like? Because we're losing off that some a lot of a lot of experience, right? Trish Carlisle termed I mean, out Diane Forte, termed out Bob Johnson, career politician, is 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 off there. And this isn't saying anything bad about those who who still remain on council or the new ones. But I think it's worth noting there's a lot of experience coming off of the dais, and so there's a little bit of a vacuum there. What's gonna What's gonna happen? Right, and I think this is an interesting thing that we we've seen before. It's that it's it's interesting. Is like anytime you have a system like a city council or a school board or a body like that, a decision making body, there there naturally is like a settling in of 
of teams. And that doesn't mean that they're like at each other's throats or constantly in opposition, but there are going to be subject matter that, that comes up in front of the city council in which there will be disagreement, right? The mayor will want to go in a direction and a number of the council members will want to go in a different direction. And, and then there may be some that, you know, sit in the middle or whatever. Like how those centers of power develop is something that will be interesting. And there isn't a, you know, the one reelected candidate from this election coming in here who now has a free four-year mandate is already on Team Bill Baird because he's been the mayor pro tem for four years. Right, and if you look at if you look at the two most experienced council members remaining, Fred DeMauro in District 4, District 3's Phyllis Edson, they're not real vocal leaders. Right. On, on that on that dais, now they bring they bring their their experience and and the knowledge that comes with in the middle of two terms, so six years in that in that office, but they haven't been strong vocal leaders on that dais. So I think we're still we're it's going to be interesting to 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 see who comes in and, and speaks up that speaks a little or, louder and tries to or who on the council you know council member Felker or council member Shields one of those may take the opportunity to step up right, and take that kind of a, an initiative going forward. We don't know who that's going to be. I would say this, though. Um, you know, you and I get a lot of what we'll call background noise. Like, people talk about things that are happening quietly in there that we can't report on because we don't have, like, verification or it's just rumor or it's, you know, uh, somebody's grousing about the petty politics of what's happening in the, in the council chambers behind behind the dais and, and and off the record comments right, and those record. yeah so, but we can say i think we can safely say that there have been a number of times in the last four years where there has been dissatisfaction with like the way that bill baird is doing things in the council chambers but there has yet to be an opportunity up until basically the election this election season where anybody has put together any kind of coherent like stand against you know who's coalesced power to put stuff on the line or whatever to make that stance we haven't even had that now that's not saying that like we have suffered for it but it hasn't really been there and so we may not even see that right as a whole until something of real like community device you know that really divides community opinion comes about that the mayor takes a side one side or the other on we may not even see it but i think when you're talking about leadership of the council and all that you're, you're going to see that you just can't have nine people who are going to agree on everything all of the time. And so how that how that sorts itself out will be an interesting thing to watch as we go forward. Let's flip over and let's go over to the Stanford Leadership Center and look at two new new people coming on to the Board of Edu- Education. Jennifer Foley, Heather Eslick. That Look, they were clear winners. For those two seats, each over 6,000 votes. Does that give them, Jason, a mandate, if you will, or a little bit of authority to come on as newcomers and maybe make some vocal splashes? That'll be interesting to watch. I, You know, it'll be interesting to think. I will say this, is that the issues that you would hear Eslick and Foley talk about um, – were are issues that maybe you know they they were the ones that were vocal about uh, masks and some other things of that ilk that are going they they you know regardless of their efforts to distance themselves from the Republican endorsement that they've received um, they were you know they were the ones that most towed some of those 
national talking points that came in. And, and, and to, by no means, they were actually not the most that yelled about school board issues. That was one of the city council cha- uh, candidates who did the most yelling about school uh, district issues. But they, they were the ones that were in there. So it will be interesting to see if they come, how they come into this. Now, I think as a, as a structural piece, they're replacing the two council members who were the most, I guess we'll say, mass skeptical going backwards um, in in this last, if you want to, you know, sort of like cast dice to guess things. So I don't know that they're going to upset the overall balance of opinion on the council, but how are the, the school board, but how they come in and manage themselves, how they interact, what they do, are they, are they a disruptive force? Do they bring energy to stuff that maybe was languishing in the background with a couple of people and they push something forward? Or do they come in and just kind of like fit in and pick and choose their times when the things that matter to them come forward? It's something we haven't yet, we're yet to see. Right. I think the, I think the other thing that might be, uh, might be an issue to, to watch is, is they were probably some of the most skeptical, and I think to go back to what you just said, replacing two who were the most skeptical on the board of the district's equity plan and some of the work that they're doing there. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch to watch that part and how they how and if they decide to bring those issues issues up as they settle into their roles. We're going to watch that. Yeah, we'll watch that and I think that'll be an interesting thing. It it may once again be one of those issues that they come in and they just kind of seamlessly fit in and they realize that the work of the school board is well, much larger and far more mundane than they had anticipated and and they they get sort of washed away in that flow and and we don't hear any of the divisive national issues until they really become something of import to the district. Right. And as we wrap things up really Jason, I just want to say one thing to all of the candidates who won. Congratulations. And I'm sorry because now you have about 75 meetings every night for the next rest of your term three or four years yeah you you have a lot of meetings and And your email inbox will never be at zero ever that is the that is the honest truth and so good luck uh see the fire department is so concerned they've sent out emergency crews to handle your email load as as you hear that in the background so yeah no i think that and, and so it'll be interesting to watch and we'll be watching for that that procedural structural how these guys are working together to to do the things that are that are going forward and that's really what we want follow the process follow the procedure and work with the rest of the people on your respective dais as you go to do your jobs to make our community the best it can be jason i think that wraps us up are we done i mean for this week happy election day is over people we'll talk to you next time 